0: I think we're good here. Take some of the top moments from our Friday happy hour where Morgan and I answer your questions in our community live every Friday and cut them up and put them together for you. So hopefully you'll enjoy. All right, everybody, happy Friday afternoon uh morgan and i are a little loopy today because it's been a long week uh as you can probably tell by my voice uh it's about three or four octaves lower yeah it's been a long week we uh let's see monday Monday is fine whatever tuesday morgan came to boston uh and had about what four or five meetings with clients prospects stuff like that four or five meetings yeah. And then we head out to the ABMEs, which was uh, here in Boston on, on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday was all day. Uh, that, my funnel was actually, it was cool. I like conferences that are like, like a little bit tighter than, you know, a thousand people or less because it gets you gets you to go around and be able to talk to everybody. And uh, that Family Feud shit was a riot. So <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. I had fun with it. I don't know if everybody else liked it, but I, I thought it was a riot. Uh, that was awesome yeah somebody needs to go somebody needs to like I don't know Lucas if there's a flip my funnel might have a they they gotta have a video of that somewhere no, I did I did it live oh you did it live that's yes, right you did it you did the Facebook live but I think live I would see thing like flip my Funnel actually like posted a a, a video of it so that we yeah. could put it in the group here for people for everybody else but for those who didn't see it yeah is it, is, was it on our our group page or was it on the the timeline so it's on the group page okay cool so yeah, everybody it, watching this time. if you want to go watch it it's there. Yeah, that shit was funny. And and sales kicked the shit out of my, uh, marketing, which is good. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then for everybody paying attention here, we uh, we went to the airport because we had a training on Thursday and it was delayed, delayed, delayed. Didn't get there until, didn't get to Raleigh, North Carolina until about three o'clock in the morning. So didn't get to bed until about four o'clock in the morning. Had to be up at six o'clock in the morning to then go train all day in front of 180 people um both of us and then go out at night with the group which was fun but by then it was just like all spent completely and so uh Morgan and I crashed hard last night and' then got on a flight this morning so anyways it's been a um been a <laughs> been a long week but a good one I think right that that, that training went well I think the the client was uh, pretty happy and all the feedback was pretty solid so I was happy with that I yeah I think overall that training
1: did go well and I think the the biggest thing that a lot of people at least said to me, don't know if it said to you, was that we, we had just an overall, like, really good synergy from, from the morning standpoint. Yep. And I think that goes down to preparation, obviously, that we that we have going into talks, but also, like, what people need to think about, like, when you, you know, consider probably hiring somebody from your standpoint or, like, joining somebody that you actually have synergy with them, not just like, oh, that person seems cool, but, like, you don't have that synergy.
0: Well, I, think, you know, I mean, that, that brings up a good point, because right? this is what I was talking about with somebody who is actually Trish Bertuzzi. Right. So um, Trish was a flip my funnel. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I went out to dinner with her on uh, the night before the, the night after after we did the family feud thing. And it was funny because she when I first hired you. Right. I think I told you this. You did. You did before I, before I hired you. Like I was on this call with her, and I'm not going to say who else. And there was like this concern that all these, you know, that us, the senior sales trainers and the 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 you know, the smart kids, whatever, were all these other people were stealing. Like these young bucks were stealing our content or putting shit out there with no proof around it, and everybody was paying attention to them. And it was one of those things where I was like, so. And that like the, the thing was like, Oh, what do we do about this? And I'm like, you just put out better content and you just, you know, whatever. But why? And and you were one of the ones that people, well, Morgan, you know, that's a kid who's really putting out content. And then and he's too young to be a thought leader. I'm like, not really, like, he's not pretending he's a thought leader, right? So I kind of pushed back and and I remember Trish was kind of concerned. Right, and when I hired you, she was like interesting, right? Because I knew that kind of tagged over. But when she met you uh, and got a chance to talk to you the other night, she was like, "Morgan is a great kid," and and she said she just said, "I can I can tell he's a good person." And then when I went into talking about how, well, that's why I hired him. You know, when when you put out that video and you said, "Here's my 10 learning lessons from being an SDR and an SDR manager." You know, those learning lessons really lined up with my core values, right? My 12 guiding right. principles. Yeah. And and that to me is is so important as far as, as, as you know, building a team and those type of things. Because if you don't have the right core values, then it doesn't matter if these people are good people or whatever it is. Or whatever it is, like you're eventually not going to gel and right. the team isn't going to gel. So that's why, you know, for people listening to this or watching this, you know, I came up with those 12 guiding principles a long time ago. And it was because I I don't remember how or why I did it, but I've probably read a book or listened to something that said, Hey, you should probably do that. And it was really for me, but it was, it was awesome because whenever I hired a rep, I would say to them, Hey, look, I just want to let you know, these are my 12 guiding principles. Okay. I'm not saying these need to be yours, but when feedback comes from me, when, when I react to something you're doing, Yeah, know that that's where it's coming from. Yeah. So when you go home, or like one of my first ones is work, and you know work, uh, work hard and smart. Right. Everybody says work smart. I'm like fuck you. You gotta work hard too. You gotta work your ass off. Yes. Know that if you go home at four thirty or four o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm a little annoyed with you, it's because I'm staying until eight nine o'clock tonight. You know what I mean? And so when you get a little yeah see you later from me, and it seems like I'm annoyed, it's because my you know, that's where I'm coming from. Go over, uh, flip my funnel in general. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what what was your, what was some of your key takeaways from flip my funnel?
1: Um, I I didn't get to sit as many, as many content sessions as I wanted to, because I had meetings as as a whole, but I think one thing that I did recognize is the, I think we're going to see a lot of conferences where they're going to emphasize like marketing and sales, like need to be here. And I think it's just an ongoing discussion, especially from like the family feud answers, you can tell that there still needs to be alignment from the marketing sales team and they just need to understand each other. So I think just from those conversations and people that I was talking to, I realized that that was a huge proponent that everyone wanted to dive into and that we continuously need to have that conversation because if we don't, like, I don't, I don't think we're going to put ourselves in a good spot. And you know, you're going to see the same people at every single conference normally, but I did see some new people and I had some new conversations that I like made me excited for the direction of where marketing and sales is going. And it's really cool to see, especially, you know, people that are from a young professional standpoint, how many people were there and very serious about their career and not just they like, Oh, I'm here and let's get lit. You know, <laughs> like I made that video where I was like, don't get drunk at conferences. There was like, everyone I talked to, that was at least my age or like trying to inspire to do something like really, I had like really good conversations and you know, I'm really, it makes me like really happy like to the future of like where we're all going right now.
0: That's actually, you bring up a, a interesting point. There was, um, there was about, there was a handful of people, younger kids yeah, who talked, who I was talking to, who took PTO time yep. to come, and some of them paid their own way because it's like, you know what, this is important to me and that type of thing. And I was like, and I was really impressed because, first of all, I was a little disappointed in the company for forcing a rep to take PTO to go to a conference like this. So that's another story. But um, but the ones that, like, yeah who's that kid, that big kid, right? Brian? Um, what's that? Brian. It's my friend Brian. Brian? Yeah, like that kid... Like he took two days of PTO on his own dime, and mm-hmm. and you know, and to go out and learn and, and 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 educate himself and those type of things. And the girl, uh, one of the girls who wore, wore uh, won the Emmys, I forget Amanda. her. Yeah, Manda. She she did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and for everybody out there who's who's, uh, oh, and this, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to share this screen because this kind of leads to this whole make it happen thing oh yes yes please this is what we're gonna uh, uh, this is what we're gonna do um and i and and it's because of this kid so everybody right now who's watching this um go check out this post from this kid uh let me see if i can open it up because i his reggie his name is reggie and it's a story about him in high school and his apparently his dad passed away and he just was sick of kind of being in a situation that he didn't want to be in, and so he just decided to go cold calling. And literally, when I say cold calling, this dude went to the richest neighborhoods in London and knocked on doors. And all he did was something similar to what you did, which is um, he, uh, he, he like remember when you used to, you used to do inter- inter- uh, informational interviews?
1: Yeah. Right? So yeah. So give us some context. So more so, what what this guy did is he was like, you know what, like my situation is not that great right now and i could be doing more so i'm going to find the most wealthy people and established successful people within i think wherever that city was in london to go there and to get more information so door to door just knocked and it was like pretty much hey look i'm actually not, i'm not here for a job or anything but i'm here just to have mentorship for mentorship from you and advice same thing that i did in college i just hey look i just want 10 to 15 minutes of your time I just want to ask you a couple of questions so that I can, in return, go be successful. So that was kind of the gist of the story.
0: Yeah. And he bumped, did, didn't he, what well, was the, uh, it was the CEO of BlackRock was, was like the was second the head order. of
1: like partnership alliances at BlackRock
0: or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's BlackRock's
1: massive. So it does, that's, he's, he's, the, any head of anything at BlackRock is massive.
0: And the guy brought him in, talked to him, and immediately thought about how can I mentor this kid, right? Mm-hmm. And and then he, he said, hey, if you really want to be in the financial world, you got to go get a degree. And then he got a degree. And now, and I mean, I was blown away by this kid's approach and, and you know, truly inspiring um, because, again, the whole make it happen. So I reached out to him on LinkedIn and I was like, dude, you inspired me to like, I got to reach out to you and I'd love to have you on the podcast. And he was like, Yep, yeah. so we're going back and forth right now to get him on the podcast. But like the the whole idea of of kids who don't have a lot, who who are, you know, maybe just sitting in a job doing whatever, like those are some examples of what you can do to, to, to put yourself out there. And when you put yourself out there, like that girl Amanda, like she wasn't doing much or whatever, and then all of a sudden she just started consuming my content. I mean, I was so humbled. She came up to Trish and I uh, during the happy hour afterwards. And she's like, I just want to say, thank you so much. She's like, I can't tell you how much of an impact you guys have had on my career. She's like, Trish, your book has changed my perspective on, you know, this and John, all your content and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, holy shit. And it kind of leads to the LinkedIn post and 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 what I did at at uh, the training on Thursday, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You wanna tell people? You want to tell everybody what happened?
1: Finish out the Reggie thing, and then let's talk about that because that's a that's a that's a complete shift in gears.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, Reggie. I mean, I. I mean, I'm just going to have him on the podcast because it, it goes. It just goes to a mentality of not sitting back and waiting for shit to happen to you, yeah. and going out and making shit happen for you. And, and I think Amanda, I think, you know, this guy, Reggie, like these are all prime examples of that. And, and the transition here for this is, is the, the, those are the kids that are going to be the 10 percenters that I'm talking about. Because, right. because as you, you know, and I'll jump in after, but as you explain this, I don't want it to be conceive that when I talk about the 10%ers being like the best of the best of the best. Like like those are the best people. I'm talking about the 10%ers, the people who work their ass off. Right. Mm-hmm. They may not be the best of what they do, but they work their ass off. They're always trying to get better, those type of things. So that was a transition for uh, what I said on on Thursday yeah. a few people. <laughs> so <laughs> so John and I are in the session,
1: um, you know, we're doing our thing in the morning. And i rep asked a question and they were like, hey, you know, you mentioned about this voicemail. You know, what if, you know, someone doesn't use that or they're not, a, a, from what I remember, what if someone doesn't use this voicemail effectively or they try it and it doesn't work? Like, how do you make sure that people are actually trying and doing this? Well,
0: he was, well, it was more, right. like, it was I remember, I, sure. I remember, he was like, John, like, top reps, he's like, right. they kind of know the game, right? So, don't you feel like, when you call I and mean, like when you're calling and you call into a, like a baller VP, like they know that technique, they know that approach. And, oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's and, right. Okay. okay. So it's like, so, so why would it work? And, and then it also was and it, and it kind of tailors into the other part where a lot of people do have the question because we are so we've trained so many, um, SAS companies. I, I get this question a lot, which is, well, John, you know, you train all these SaaS companies. So aren't you afraid that your shit's gonna get pretty, you know, standardized across the board and it's not gonna work anymore? And what I, what, what I, what I say. And so John
1: like stopped and it was like silent for a minute because he was like, he was like, well, and I think you were kind of, you kind of wanted to go with the light answer. And then you just went in with the heavy answer. He was like, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna be super real here. He was like 10% of you in the room, are gonna take this information and execute and actually do something with it. 60% of you are gonna do some of it and see some results. And then 30% of you are absolutely gonna do nothing. And then he just moved on. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Cause I just wasn't ready for that answer which is completely correct. And it's right, it's the bell curve. I believe in that, I always will believe in that. Yeah. But it just really struck a chord with everyone. And I kinda want add extra context to this because after my session, Someone, they were waiting and I was like talking to everyone. One guy was waiting in the back and I was like, he's just, I don't know what he was doing. And he was like, you know what, hey, man, I want to stop you real quick, man. He's like, I really do appreciate everything that you did here today. And it was really insightful. And this was a really good training and it was awesome. And then, <laughs> and then he said, you know, what John said this morning, like really hit home with me because he said, I was probably going to be the 60% person. And now I want to be the 10% person. Nice. And, and I was 10%. like, that's awesome, man. It's like, anything I can do to help, like, let me know. But that, that, I bet that really struck a chord to people who were in that 60%. Cause now they're like, yeah, I want to be in that
0: 10%. Right. And, but it's, I mean, and that's why, you know from a training perspective, there's only so much you can do. People ask like, what's the reinforcement? Like, that's why it actually, it kind of bothers me when people ask what's the reinforcement from this. Like we yeah. do have reinforcement obviously but the reinforcement is fucking using the content. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> literally just gave you everything that we know right and now our reinforcement is just making sure you do it but if yeah. you're a self-driven person like i'll give you an example when i was at thrive i never like we didn't have any money so my our first company we had no budget, okay. we were self-funded nothing right so i couldn't bring in sandler miller high you know and spend 10 20 30 50 thousand on training So what I did was I went to like the public course or I did this, you know, I'm not proud of it, but uh, like I would bring a sales rep in and I would say, okay, walk me through your approach. Walk me through this, walk me through that. And they would literally tell me everything about, okay, well, this is how we score this and we do that. And I'd be like, okay, cool, interesting. How much is that going to cost? And they'd be like $20,000 and we get each person certified. And I'd be like, okay but I got enough of it just based on that pure conversation after they would leave. I would be like, all right, well, how can I, and, da, 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 da. and I'd be like, all right, let's go execute on that. And I, and I just ran with it. I was like, let me get this. Let me try Let me read that blog. Let me, let me go to this workshop. Let me do this. And, and because I wanted to figure out a way to get better as opposed to looking at somebody and being like, which I think unfortunately a lot of people do right now, which is, you know, Oh, uh, you know, the easy ones, where's the leads. Like, I can't tell you how many sales leaders I talk to right now where legitimately one of the first questions a kid asks them in an interview is, so where do I get my, Where so how many leads do I get given to me on a daily, you know, on a weekly basis or where do my leads come from?
1: From an S, from like a, there's
0: like managers interviewing an SD, a new SDR or something oh. like that. The first question is what? where do I, <laughs> Like if if I would literally be if I, if I was interviewing a kid for a sales job, I don't care if it was an SDR, BDR, AE, and the first one of the first questions they asked me where my leads come from. I'd be like, they come from you walking out the fucking door. Like yeah. like, like that shouldn't be the mentality. The mentality should be, I want to like I'm looking for a job. I want to work for this company. I'll do anything I can to figure out a way to make this work. Right? right. Where's the leads? Wow, well, my company doesn't invest in training in, for me. We don't have the tools. Like like yeah. all that shit is an excuse in my opinion. The, the 10% reps are the ones like, okay, we don't have the tools. But like Max Max says this a lot over at Sales Hacker, he's like, go invest in the tool. Spend the 50 bucks a month, right? right? And then be that rep that crushes it so that then your manager comes over and says, wow, how are you doing what you're doing? And while I invested in Sales Loft, I invested in Drift, I invested in you know Gong or whatever it was because I needed to be able to do this. And then have them be like, "Wow, maybe I should invest in that in the whole team, right?" I don't think there's enough of that going on right now, and I would, that's why I was really encouraged at the flip my funnel because I saw a lot of that happening. You know what I mean? I, I, I saw a lot of those people there um, taking PTO, taking a trip there, you know, go, take going that extra mile and and consuming the content and coming back and really like taking notes on. You know, I saw reps taking notes on shit, which was awesome.
1: Yeah. That that's again that that's the that's uh, kind of pulling it all back to the ten percent, which relates to the stories. Like that's what's going to get you ahead. Like one conference, one event can change the completely trajectory of a career. Like us meeting at Rainmaker and have that conversation. Like <laughs> that changed cha- changed my life. These changed obviously a lot of stuff that you're going to move forward. So like I don't think people understand like taking that PTO. Taking those two days off to go to a conference and network people that you you probably will never be able to maybe email or LinkedIn or get in front of is, is it's critical. Because, like, obviously for your time, it's very hard to get in front of you because you're traveling, you're doing sales training. So if, if, if like, okay, I see John Barrows, Trisper Bertuzzi at a conference, like, you probably should show up and try to have a quick conversation with them because you're not going to just catch them casually, like – you know, just like, yeah, I can meet with you. Like, that's not going to happen. You talk about that a lot. You don't even meet with people coffee. in Boston for coffee. So yeah. it's
0: like, don't ask uh, me to go out for coffee, please. Anybody listening to this right now, do not ask to go out to coffee. You want to get some time on the calendar. Sure. I'll give you 30 minutes. No problem. I'll talk to you. But, but to your point, it's easy to get, like, I think, well, this also um hits on what we were talking about as far as when we were uh, getting on the plane today of it, it's, a am It blows me away how few people, you know, at the end of almost every presentation, I'm like, look, everybody, there's my cell phone. There's my email address. There's my Instagram. There's my Snapchat. If you have any questions, if there's anything I can do to help you, feel free to reach out to me. And again, you know what? It follows the 10, 60, 20. It's actually 10. It's on this one. Forget everybody else. It's it's 90, 10. Maybe one rep, maybe one or two reps out of out of every session. Will follow up with me and ask me a direct question, right? And be like, "Hey, John, thanks so much for the training. I had a question about something you said there. Do you mind if I jump on a call for a half hour?" And I get on the phone with them, and it's funny because they always seem surprised, like, I, "Oh, I can't believe you took my call." I'm like, "This is like this is what I do. Like, I I I help reps execute. Like, that's exactly what I do." But I don't know if it's a perception that you're too busy or whatever it is why people don't do it. But like, just like that kid Reggie. Like you think that, oh, man, the, the part, head of partnerships or whatever over at BlackRock, that guy's too smart. He's too important. He's too big for me. Like, do you know how many people who get in super successful positions, one of the biggest things that, they, that drives them or that gives them joy is to mentor and coach young people who have that drive and desire. Like that's like the, the,
1: so yeah, let me, let me provide some context to that. I and mean, I'll, I'll hold your thought there because this is super important. and I want to touch on this. So uh, when I was in college and we touched on this, I did a lot of informational interviews. I talked to a lot of people and probably the most two, the two most in, like not important in sense of value and success was the owner of the Atlanta Hawks and then the owner or the CEO of the college football hall of fame, which is in Atlanta. And I asked him as soon as I got on the calls, like, hey, look, like, you're the owner of the Atlanta Hawks, CEO of the, of the Sports Football Hall of Fame. Why are you taking a call with me? Like, what, what prompted you to even take 15, 20 minutes out of your time? And so they, the, they answered the same way. They were like, hey, Morgan, you know, yeah, you know, our time is very valuable. However, two things. They're like, one, we want to make sure that we pass the ladder down to success for other people who are seeking it. And also two is because you were the only few people that actually reached out and wanted actual advice. Yeah. Not like asking for a job, you weren't asking for money, you weren't asking for support on some project you were working on. You just genuinely wanted advice and you were curious. And he said, you're gonna find, and they both said, you're gonna find more people who are be who are gonna be willing to do that for you if you just take the time to reach out to them with the reason of why you wanna talk to them. Right,
0: doing some homework and not doing just- Homework,
1: right, you can't just be like, let's talk. but. After having those conversations with them, that's when my mindset changed a lot, is that like, yes, yeah, someone may be super busy, they're doing a lot, but they're gonna be willing to take the time. He, but here, here's the problem though, cause some people are gonna take this the wrong way and I wanna make sure that you understand this. Cause this has happened to me before and it makes me super frustrated. Don't say, hey, I wanna spend 20, 30 minutes with you. I wanna have a couple questions. And then your first question is, all right, so tell me about your background and where you're from. And like, you're like, don't, like please, please. Do not do that because my LinkedIn's right there. It tells you every single thing that I've been through. There's videos telling you my background. It's like having an interview with like someone of like Gary Vaynerchuk or like Tony Robbins and asking them, how'd you get your success? They talk about it so much that that's an irrelevant question. So that's one context I want to provide with people because like that just don't do that.
0: Well, and that's, and I, and I told you this, like I'll take a call with anybody, right? Any kid, cause again, one of my, what I love, the reason I do what I do from a training perspective is to, because I'm, I've been in sales for 22 years. I made a shitload of mistakes. I've learned for the most part the hard way, right? Because I didn't have like a true mentor. I didn't have like a ton of training or anything like that. So it was just grinding and figuring shit out. And it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it was, wasn't was hard, super hard. I didn't, you know, I've been blessed with with a great family and all that other stuff, but it wasn't easy. And so what, what gets me and why I continue to do this is because that 22 year old kid, who's not getting any guidance, doesn't have a really good manager. But if something I say resonates with them and it changes their perspective and I can see that little light bulb go off, like that's why. And those emails that we get every once in a while from a kid saying, you know what, John, I know you don't remember me, but like three years ago, I took your training and it changed my perspective and boom, like that's what drives people who are genuinely successful and and want to help. Right. Right. I mean, uh, Jay Baitler, the guy, the guy who fired me from Staples, when I reached out to him after I got fired and said, "Hey Jay, would you can I just get a, an hour of your time so I can understand what really happened here?" The literally the fr- and this guy was the president of a 12 billion dollar 12 billion dollar part of Staples and made could buy and sell me a million times over, right? When I showed up into his office, he literally goes like this. And I and this guy fired me. I he, I did not think he liked me, right? Um, and he said, before even a word came out of my mouth, he opens the door and he goes, John Barrows, get in here. And I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, before you even get started, I want to let you know that just the fact that you reached out to me to look for some guidance and some insight on what happened to you for your own personal and professional development, that tells me more about you than I, than I knew about you in the past year of working together. He goes, one of my favorite things to do is mentor young leaders and the fact that you're here looking to learn and looking to get better, he's like, this is literally the favorite, most favorite part of my job. So you have an hour of my time. You can ask me any question you want, and I will give you any type of information you're looking for. And I came prepared. I had 10 questions. I said, Jay, I have 10 questions. You can be as open as you want with these answers. You don't have to be. He's like, I will answer anything you want. Go. And I went through those questions. And I still, to this day, say that that was the best hour of business in my entire career. I learned more in that hour than I would have ever learned other, any other way going to mba or any of that stuff yeah. so it's like be, like i guess the theme here is just be that 10 like be those kids that, that that take that extra step that make that phone call that that send that email right that uh that reach out to somebody at a conference that you think is oh wow that person's like fuck it like what are you what are they? and by the way if they are going to look at you and be like get away from me that's not somebody you want to emulate Right. You know what I mean? Like that's not like a lot of people have these people in such high regard because they think they're so great, and they follow a lot what they do. But if you meet that person and they're a douche, then that's probably not somebody you want to follow. You know what I mean? Like go find somebody else. Go find somebody who gives a shit. You know?
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know, man. I I I think it's it's kind of like one more like real example. This is kind of like I've I've talked to a lot of uh, this in the uh, girls in the past in the sense. You know, like you know the smoke, like I'm gonna talk about guy a little bit here stuff, but you know, like the the beautiful girl who's at the bar, right? Like the girl who's sitting at the bar and you're like, damn, 99% of dudes will not like everybody thinks she gets hit on all the time. She doesn't. Wait, wait, she does, she does
1: indirectly, right? So maybe on social, casual, social right? but yeah. no one
0: ever has a genuine approach. Right, but no, but face to face. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, it, like I've, I've talked to a bunch of my friends and all that other stuff who are very good looking. like everybody thinks they always get hit on, but a lot of times they don't because like dudes like uh, oh, she's like, wow, why would she ever de- you know talk to me? right? All you got to do is be real and go up and have a conversation with them and not be super cheesy. And you'd be amazed at them, oh, yeah, and have a conversation with you. You know what I mean? Now, will it turn into whatever? Who knows? But will they have a conversation with you? Absolutely. It's the same thing with super successful people, real super successful people. And when I say success, I don't mean money. I mean people who are genuinely successful in whatever that definition of success is for them. Right. They want to share that success. They want to help that next person. They want to pay it forward. So yeah. you know, having kids do that, uh, you know, I think more should do it. And I was really encouraged this week with the flip my funnel because I saw I saw some kids doing it, and I was I was happy about it. So
1: yeah, no, no, I, and a lot of people will take those experiences and share with other people, so more people will start doing it. And I guess you know we'll see obviously with conferences moving forward, like what happens, and people start investing into it because I, I think it's I think it's super important as a whole. Um, to make sure people do that. From Lance, yeah, so he said, uh, this week we realized we aren't doing a good job of quantifying the value of our software to compel people to buy because every commercial real estate building has different tenants. The adoption and usage is different, so there's not one common thing across all customers. What do you think is the best way to qualify the value with so many variables?
0: Tough one. Um, so this week we're doing good, doing a good job of quantifying the value of our we software. Aren't. Oh, we aren't. Oh, we aren't. Uh, So to compel people to buy, because every commercial real estate building has different things. Um, I guess Lance, this one, I mean, without really digging into like a very detailed ROI calculator and, you know, and that's everything. And you could take that route. You could literally list out every variable. I'll give you an example. Well, I'll dive into this and then I'll back up. But... Um, one of the things I'm doing right now is we're revamping our meeting efficiency survey. I'm revamping our meeting efficiency survey, right? And what I'm what I'm putting in there is here are the ten different uh, priorities that people use to to um, qualify or to evaluate sales training providers. Right? Cost is one of them, obviously. Uh, fit, so like personality fit type of thing. Um, you know, reinforcement. Some are looking for a foundational sales process. Some are just looking for techniques, right? So I came up with probably like 10 to 15 of variables, right? right. The key here, and Lance, you know, maybe this is something you can use. What I'm asking people to do is look, here's all the things. Because a lot of people don't actually, a lot of people only kind of come in with this mindset and they don't really think of all the other stuff. So from a kind of a challenger sales standpoint, you can help them make the decision specifically if they haven't made it before, if they don't know how to make it, by showing them here's the here are the variables, here's the ten different things, but then asking them to take some time and think about what are the most important ones. Yep. Right. So it's like what out of all this stuff, and yes, you know we're trying to do everything, all that stuff, whatever, but what's the most critical reason out of all those variables, Lance? What I would do is I would use a whiteboard and I would draw all every variable out there. And I would I would consolidate them, and then I would figure out okay, you know what components and what variables do we add value to, but also from a client standpoint, which ones are most which variables are most important to which customers, and then sell to that right, and quantify the value of that. You don't have to quantify the value of the whole thing; you have to quantify the value of the variable based on what their priority was. So that would be probably be my answer to it. Um, outside of the fact that you might not be talking to the right people, right? So. People below the power line check off a lot of boxes. They want an ROI analysis. They want to, you know, uh, a ROI calculator and all that other shit. Executives, that's like a that's something that executives usually tell other people to go do as just like a data point. You know, like, hey Morgan, could you do me a favor? I need you to run an ROI analysis on on Zoom Info. You know what I mean? Like when you first started. Like I need you to tell me why Zoom Info. Da da da. But at the end of the day, you needed fucking contacts. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm I, and I'm not don't get me wrong, like that was a I don't know, six thousand dollar investment, it's not a hundred thousand dollar investment, so it's a little bit more severe when it gets up there. But an ROI calculator, purely quantifying it, like those are pieces of the overall puzzle. But if if that isn't aligning with the priorities of the business that are usually the top two or three things that are most important. Those things are those things are okay, but they're not going to get that deal done. So yes. man, I would I would go back to you and say you know analyze who you're talking to. If it is people in power, and they, they because of the industry, and I don't know the commercial industry as well, uh, I do have some friends and I've worked with um, a few clients like CB Richard Ellis and that type of thing. Um, but if you're talking to the right people and they are looking for that ROI, then do the same thing I said, map out every variable, figure out the, the quantifiable and then ask them to prioritize and then sell to that. So that would be that would be my suggestion on that one. Hopefully that helped Lance.
1: And then another question from Lance that you posted in the group we can touch on is, um, he got an objection uh, a couple of days back, he's not sure how to handle it. So background here, there was a demo that no showed and basically use the same process that we use when prospects, prospects go dark. And it, and it said after discussing with our property manager, we decided to wait until 2019 to evaluate this option. If we decide to move forward, it will, it will be included in our 22, 2020 budget. I'll reach back to you in 2019.
0: Yeah, uh, read the first read the first part about that because this is the, that's the problem with this is exactly the problem that you have with some of the deals that you're working on, and I have I have the same challenge with. What, are the, what was the response from the client?
1: After discussing with our property manager, we decided to wait until 2019 to evaluate this option. If we decided to move forward, we would include it. If we decided to move forward, we would include it in our 2020 budget. I'll reach back to you in 2019.
0: Uh, and I might be wrong on this. So Lance, correct me if I'm wrong. This person said, after we talked to our property manager, if the property manager was here and the person you were talking to is here, that's the problem. Right, because now you're playing television. So SDR manager, VP of sales, Morgan, you're dealing with the SDR manager. Sorry, Morgan, my VP of sales said that uh, this isn't something we're going to invest in right now, and we're going to do it in Q1. Yep. yep. The reason for that is because you're talking to a fucking SDR manager. That's okay. so. That's that's why. Because, and that, and that's a really hard objection. Because now you're playing. Telephone to deal with the objection because you're not the objection isn't coming from the SDR manager, they have abs- right. coming from the VP of sales. So now yeah. what you're trying to do is you're trying to go through the SV. That now you have to deal with the objection with the SDR manager and then have them go and deal with the objection with the VP of sales, and that's just not gonna work because they're never gonna be as Direct as 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 focus, right? They're going to be chicken shit to try it. Like they might not even go bring that to the VP. Most of the time, they won't because when they got that first objection, the likelihood of them going back is not high. Yep. If you get it from the VP, then you have to go back to the priority thing. And I and I hate to keep beating a, a dead horse here, but again, you 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 have to look back at your qualification and say. What are the priorities of this business? What's the timeline? Why should they do this? And if you haven't realized, if you haven't figured out that compelling event or the quantifiable impact or whatever it is, then wait until 2020, man. Like, but But if you did the right job in the qualification phase and you've truly identified their priorities, you really understand the impact your solution is going to make for their business, and then they push back on you, well, then you can do challenger sale all day long. You can say, hold on, I look, I appreciate it. And first of all, don't go back and forth on email. Usually what I say in that regard is, look, totally understand, would you mind if I just got a 10 minute call on the, you know, on the calendar so I could just ask you a couple of quick questions and then if it makes sense from there, I'll follow up in 2019, right? So try to get the call so you can have the conversation. And then you say, look, I'm a little confused here. I, I look I look, you want me to wait till 2019? I'll wait till 2019, okay? Um, I'm, a, I'm a patient man, I got other deals, and this is my pipeline, so important, so you can do this. No, um, no. But, but you said to me that earlier, that your growth, like for us, it would be, you said to me earlier that you had a 50% growth target for your business this year. And you said that you were only tracking 60% of, of that right now, and we're already more than you know 50% of the way through the year. And you said you didn't, you had no confidence that you were going to be able to hit those targets. So help me understand right now that what's 2019 going to do if you can't hit 2018 here, because our solution is going to help you do that. So I'm going to walk you through like how I would talk to some of the deals that you're working on right now, which is the, uh, you know, but we have to have that data, right? Which is, oh, well, we want to hire. So, uh, you know what, Morgan, um, Love the idea of the training, but we're hiring more SDRs right now. Yep. And and I want to. I don't want to do the training until uh, we we have fully staffed SDRs, and that's probably going to be Q1 of next year. Logical, totally logical. You want everybody on the same page. You want everybody to get the same training. Okay. That's a logic. But if if you have. During the qualification process, found out that they're, they're, you know the team's really struggling right now, or they're not hitting their numbers, or they don't have a structure or process to follow, right? And and they're 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 floundering a little bit, and they're not getting towards their goals. Well, that's a, that's now a conversation. Look, I, I get it. it, makes sense. You want everybody on the same page, that type of thing, but you have five months before between now and then. And you told me earlier that your priorities were this, and you're not tracking towards your goals and your metrics are challenging. And you know only 30% of your reps are actually hitting target right now. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do between now and five months? Are you just going to let that continue to happen? Mm-hmm. What's more, and this is where you can do the reprioritization approach, which is what's more important to you waiting for everybody to be on the same page and get the training so that everybody, so we can have one day of training with everybody on it. Or helping your reps execute right now and actually, you know, getting them to goal so that next year you have a lot more freedom to invest in whatever the hell you want to invest in. Like, which one's more important to you? You know what I mean? And like, they could still push back and say, no, 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 no," but that's kind of like one of those, that's a stupid decision. You know what I mean? But you have to have done your job earlier getting out like where they are. And that's actually something that I think we should add to, by the way, for your qualification how many of how many? Uh, that's actually a great question. When I mean, you should ask, which is um, how many of your reps right now are achieving goal on a monthly basis? It's a really good question. To write that down, uh, right? Because that gives you all the ammo that you need. Yeah. Because if they're like, look, they're all crushing it, Morgan. Then it's a this is a this is a feel good thing, and it's a like to have, not a must have. But if they're like, uh, only twenty percent of our SDRs actually hit quota last quarter. Shit, that's the only fucking question you should ask. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know why I didn't think about it before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like an asshole for not thinking about that before. Um, hey, no, we thought of it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put that in the damn Costello and shit. It's all
1: I know. It's already. I already wrote it down. We're good.
0: <laughs> we're we're exempt that a little bit because you got to change. You know,
1: so this that. is how. This is how. Okay, so I'm, I mean, I'll tell you exactly. I already know how I'm going to insert this. So the question I normally ask is. I dive into the team size component. So it's like SDR, BDR, you know, how many do you have? How many A's do you have? What's the, what's the alignment there? What's the handoff? Are you round robin territory base one-to-one? And then I ask, okay, so out of all the mid markets, enterprise SB accounts that you're working and the SDR, or BDR is reaching out, like what's their quota, right? They answer that. Then the next question would be, okay, so how many other reps are actually in that quota? nice goals? yeah like last quarter yep
0: last quarter how many you know what was last quarter how many did it hit that quota right exactly and you could even take that to the next level of and so where are you tracking towards your year target yeah that's the other one yeah so how many reps are achieving quota like in the past and how are you as a leader tracking towards your year target yeah because those right. two points right there to give us everything there's urgent so ladies and gentlemen listening to listening to this on the podcast or if you're on Facebook right now there is a great way one of the challenges everybody talks about is how to create urgency how do you create urgency well create urgency by doing shit like that by saying how many hit that where are you on your progress and then if they're like well we're going to push this to q1 you just push that right back in their face and be like okay so you said you're only 60 percent of the way to target right now are do you think you're going to be able to hit 100% moving forward? And what if, and this is all Sandler's pain funnel shit, which is, you know, and so what happens if you don't hit that number? Right now, now it becomes personal, right? Now you as an SDR manager, you're only tracking 50% away towards your top quota for the year. Yeah. You're quoted this year. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. I I finally, I think I finally did the Sandler pain funnel in a way that I didn't find it completely fucking cheesy. The way we just did that? (laughs) Yeah, no, because I've always had a hard time with the Sandler pain funnel because it's like, it's always kind of like, Oh, what's your problem? Oh, we're, you know, the way it's always been presented to me in super cheeseball, like role play shit is, yeah. okay, what are your growth projections this year, John? Well, we're trying to grow 30%. Oh, okay, well, what if you don't hit those numbers? Well, you know, we're going to be in trouble with our investors and stuff. Well, if you don't hit those, you know, so if you're in trouble with investors, what does that mean for uh, for your team? Well, our team's going to be, you know, we're going to be in trouble because my myself. And what does that mean for you personally? Well, not, then I'm going to get fired. Like, it turns into like, in like, me as a buyer, if somebody fucking walked me through that cheese ball approach, I'd be like, shut up. But if somebody was genuinely like, hey, John, like very specific, those numbers, like that flowed into the qualification process and I and, and then flipped it right back on me, that might that's where I, I could potentially see pausing and going, yep, you're right. OK, I see where you're coming from. You know, maybe I need to rethink this a little bit. So. Cool. I think I finally got the the sales pain funnel that I, that I. <laughs> Makes sense, right? I mean that I, I I always fundamentally believed it, but it it was the application of it, and then and then then how you presented it back to somebody without sounding like a douche or without being like a roll your eyes type of thing with me, like being yeah whatever. Yeah. So um, those two those, add those two. Let me know how those those, those work because I'm gonna start using those two. Yeah, I'm gonna use them next
1: week, and I'll tell you how they go. I mean, that's, that's just quantifiable. Like it's just like right there. Like it just, yeah, it just makes sense. One thing, one thing I've realized is just urgency because we were like, Oh yeah, I want to do it. But then like push and whatever. Right. I think that also would lead into a conversations from a VP sales standpoint to be like, Hey, look, like these are your actual numbers right now. We're going to actually help you get those numbers, increase pipeline for the revenue that you have to hit. So like, let's have a conversation with your VP. Right. right. So I think that's better ammo for the maybe a director of sales development that i'm talking to or maybe a director of sales who's over like sdrs and i eventually have to talk to the vp okay. like that'd be that's something that we can try out so i think that's really good actually cool
0: cool well any other questions in the group or anything like that um see now...